Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Welcome to my vagina. This is Jessica Karen. And this is Rebecca Frank. And here we are again, having our current historical, hysterical, and infuriating conversation as about our lives as mm-hmm. vagina having organisms. So close, so close. <laughs> <laughs> All content made up on the spot, but probably research. Just kidding, fools. It's definitely research. Yay! <laughs> oh, also, um, before we get started, I love that it's yay, but also, <laughs> as if like item one is just yay. <laughs> but before we get started, please don't forget to donate to us on glow.fm slash welcomemyvagina.com. We can't enjoy anything until we ask for money. Um, <laughs> yeah, we have no fun. <laughs> we can't enjoy There are anything. no fun until we get funds. Uh, Thank you. Uh, <laughs> um, today we're going to talk about STIs. Woohoo! Yeah, that's where the yay came from. Yeah, <laughs> warranted. Super excited. <laughs> but first, we're going to share some facts. Yeah, fast facts. Fast facts. Genital pimples do not necessarily mean an STD and may simply indicate a case of genital acne. Um, a girl is four times more likely to contract an STI slash STD. Then she is to become pregnant. Wow. Mm-hmm. I did not know that. Mm-hmm. Uh, donovanosis is a very rare sexually transmitted disease. Small, painless nodules appear after 10 to 40 days after exposure and, if left untreated, can destroy penile tissue. The reason that I did this one is, like, we get all of them. Yeah. You know, like, girls have all of them. All of them. But we don't have donovanosis. Yeah, we probably have you, it. First of all, though, are you saying Donna? Dono. Oh, Donna. I thought you said Donna. Like, Fuck you, Donna. Fucking Donna. <laughs> uh, the pap test is named after the physician George Papandicolo. <laughs> this technique in 1949. We're going to put that spelling in the notes. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go with Papa Nicolau. Papa Nicolau. Papa Nicolau. Yeah. Papa Nicolau. Papa Nicolai. Oh, Papa Nicolau. You know, we don't. We don't. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. The first hospital for venereal disease was the London Lock Hospital in 1946. Mm. But treatment was not always voluntary. Like, oh what does God. that mean? I know. It means exactly what it means. <laughs> you know what it means. <laughs> I read the first half and I was like, oh, wow. And then I read the second half and I was like, oh, no. Oh, my God. I had so many emotions in those Ugh. two sentences. Doctors in the late 1400s and early 1500s were so afraid of syphilis they would not write down its name. Instead, they used the Greek letter sigma as its symbol. It's like the prince of yeah. STIs. The STI <laughs> formerly known as syphilis. <laughs> uh, chlamydia is Greek for cloak because early researchers believed that the, that the disease cloaked the nucleus of an, inf- of an infect cell. Infecting cell, maybe? I don't know. I feel like they didn't edit this. Chlamydia is found only in human cells, though it shares a common ancestor with plants and exhibits unusual plant-like traits. I didn't know that. Okay. I Hmm. didn't know that either. Yeah. Uh, Syphilis is named after a mythological Greek shepherd named Syphilis, who was cursed with a horrible disease as a punishment for insulting the god Apollo. And he also had to wear 
uh, a Scarlet Sigma on his shirt. <laughs> <laughs> the stuff of great novels. So true. A Brazilian website. This is my favorite one. Get ready. A Brazilian website lets people send their partners e-cards informing them yeah. that they have an STD and that they should see a doctor. Imagine getting that card. I honestly... You've got mail. You've got... I wonder, though, it must make it a lot easier to... let. <laughs> you've got HPV. <laughs> I feel like it probably makes it easier, though. Yeah. To tell people. Yeah, I'm sure it does. I don't feel like people here tell you. <laughs> yeah. Maybe they would if you could just send it. If card. you could just send an evite. Yeah, here you go. You've been, you've been evited you've to, this, you've to this doctor's appointment. We got critters, viruses, and bacterias. Before you cry, let's discuss the criteria. Bacterias and critters can be cured. Viruses cannot, so they must be endured. But rest assured, there's meds to reduce side effects. Better yet, use latex condoms for safer sex. We're going to talk about STIs. And you can look forward to other episodes because this is just our like intro. It's like 101. Okay, so STD stands for sexually transmitted diseases. And these diseases are often called sexually transmitted infections. STDs and STIs are often used interchangeably and as cinema, syn, synonyms. I always say synonym. Synonym. Cinnamon. It's like what you put on your coffee. Not coffee. Cappuccino. Everyone leave me alone. Um, but they technically mean different things. Yes. Um, so the according to the American Sexual Health Association, ASHA, not com- to be confused with the interview that we did with mm-hmm. ASHA a while back, which will be in the episode notes. Um, The concept of a disease suggests a clear medical problem that is associated with obvious signs and symptoms. Um, But a lot of the most common STIs show no signs or symptoms in the majority of those infected. And the signs and symptoms can sometimes be easily overlooked. Mm -hmm. So this is true with things like chlamydia, gonorrhea, herpes, HPV. So the sexually transmitted virus or bacteria can be described as creating an infection without being considered a disease. Mm -hmm. So they're actually different. Or, yeah, and also an uh, an STI means that you have an infection that could turn into a disease. Right. Which is also why prevention is really important. Or not yeah. even prevention, but like getting tested and finding out that you have an infection so that you can solve it. Right. Like the common cold. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so this woman, uh, Lynn Centrella Ruttero, who um, has all of these degrees because like her name is followed by a gazillion letters. Um, she boiled this down really well. She said that an infection occurs when bacteria, viruses, or other microbes that cause disease enter your body and begin to multiply. A disease occurs when the cells in your body are damaged as a result of the infection and signs and symptoms of an illness appear. So it's like the preamble yeah. and the main event. Yeah. You want to stay in the preamble. Because, yeah, the, the majority of women who contract HPV will not develop cervical cancer. And the people who could potentially, if you got that checked out, there would be a better monitoring system. Right. The majority of HPV cases actually clear up on their own over time, but I don't want to be one of those few people. Yeah. So it's really exactly it's super, super important because we want to let people know that you can have an STI without any symptoms, which is why it's so important to get checked for Mm -hmm. STIs regularly, because then you can find out that you have it before you otherwise would even know and prevent it becoming more serious. Yeah. So, yeah, we think this is important because the CDC reports that there are 20 million new annual infections. Which is crazy. Yeah, 20 million. That's a lot. 20 million. 50% of sexually active people will have at least one STI by the age of 25. And there are over 110 million new and existing STI cases each year in the United States. That's a ton. Yeah. Um, And so, yeah, it's really important to get tested for everybody. So like sexually active women under 25 should be tested for gonorrhea and chlamydia annually. And over 25, they said that like if there's certain risk, risk factors... 
mm-hmm. you should be tested regularly. But I guess like gonorrhea and chlamydia is just more common in younger in younger women. But then pregnant women need to be tested because you can pass whatever infection you have onto the onto the fetus. Yeah. And then sexually active gay and bisexual men should be tested at least once a year for syphilis, chlamydia, chlamydia gonorrhea, and HIV testing. I think it also depends on like how sexually active you are. Absolutely. You know, like if you're changing a lot of sexual partners, mm-hmm. it doesn't hurt to get tested. A, a lot of there are a lot of free te- places to get free testing. Yeah. Um, they have a tendency to test you mostly for HIV, chlamydia, and gonorrhea. Those are like the main ones that they test you for, but it doesn't hurt to go in and get a free testing once in a while. Right. And I mean, the thing about it is like part of sorry, part of the reason that we want to talk about this is that by destigmatizing things around STIs, people will be more likely to get tested, which means that it'll be more likely to stop it before it gets worse. Yeah. I mean, the stigma of contracting an infection or disease keeps people from being tested in the first place. I think people are also afraid to hear bad news, um, which sucks because I feel like in our society, like even going to the doctors is scary because you're afraid that like it's going to be worst case scenario. And so since sex and, you know, all that stuff is so taboo, we're even more likely to not do it because then there's the like, fuck, if I have this, who did I pass it on to? And if we destigmatize that, it wouldn't be such a big deal. And like, it wouldn't be such terrible bad news to just find out that you have something that's very treatable. Yeah. It's not that big of a deal. Yeah. Um, I know that I listened to the four year TMI episode. Actually, we uh, a friend podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was Tim Musso and he speaks on consent and toxic masculinity. And he spoke about how a lot of, a lot of college students are just like, I just don't want to know. They're more afraid to just find out and solve it and move forward, um, which obviously leads to 20 million new annual infections a year. <laughs> Yeah. Um, And then also, like, another thing that we want to talk about is that even though we're talking about the importance of testing, there are there are actually barriers to getting testing Mm -hmm. that agree that uh, exist here in the United States. So although all 50 states allow minors to get STI screening without notifying their parents, that doesn't mean that young people can actually gain access to those clinics. Mm. It might be hard to get there if you don't have access to a car, if you live somewhere with limited transportation. I mean, here in New York, you can find things mm. because we have subways and buses and all that kind of stuff. So it's a little bit, it can be more difficult depending on where you are. And in at least 18 states, physicians can notify parents about the status of a minor once the information comes in. <sighs> and so we're in a society that doesn't openly talk about sex and sex ed. This can scare young people away from doing what they know to be the responsible thing. Um, and then if a person is a member of the LGBTQ community and their parents either mm. don't know or they wouldn't approve, that adds a whole nother level of, um, difficulty to getting tested so you know we don't want to make this seem like oh just go out and do it there's a lot of there's a lot of things at play here yeah. and since we the Planned Parenthood was like forced to leave federal family planning program which served what like 40 percent yeah this is why it's so important Four million patients in the U.S. it's so important like people need to have access to free or cheap testing that they can get to quickly. And with this whole war on abortion that's happening, it's making it a lot less safe for people. Well, yeah, I mean, just uh, so there's record rates of sexually transmitted infections. And the Trump administration just in October is handing out millions of dollars in federal funds to religiously affiliated health centers that don't believe in condoms and refuse to supply them. Wow. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's really it's really fucking nuts. And then combined with that, I just read this article recently that, um, you know, in in cities in general, the infections of HIV infections have been going down. Mm -hmm. Um, But that doesn't. But in 
more rural areas, specifically areas that have been hit hard by the opioid epidemic mm-hmm. and without education surrounding sterilization of needles and with the shaming that is associated with drug usage, the rates of HIV infections in rural areas in middle America are going up while mm-hmm. the rate in cities are going down. Yeah. So, you know, this it, there's so many different ways in which shame and stigma keep people from uh, having the ability to access the services that they need and to do the things that are best for them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so like in 2000 and it's interesting, too, because in 2018, the uh, we hit the fifth consecutive year of STD rates and we were actually the fifth consecutive year of what's that? It's the fifth consecutive year of STD rates being at like a ballooned rate. Oh, I see. OK. Um, but it wasn't that uh, the director of the CDC division, Gail Bolin, was saying that it wasn't a long time ago that gonorrhea rates were at a historic low and syphilis was close to elimination. And here we are giving money to an organization who prevents knowledge and because there's like lack because that creates lack of access to preventative healthcare services. It condoms. People need condoms, man. Yeah, they should be free and they should be good quality. Free condoms should be available, period. I mean, because hmm. everybody wants we all ultimately we all want the same thing. Yeah. It's just like some people are liars and some people aren't liars. Right. Oh, it makes me so mad. I know. Because it's also like you think about those um, like abortion clinics that are giving people intentionally giving people misleading information. Yeah. And making them come back a bunch of times so that they've basically essentially run the clock. Right. You know, so that they can't access the services that they want. I mean, stop lying. to me. Stop doing that. Let people have control of their own fucking health and bodily autonomy and, and all sexual- that shit. Yeah. Whatever. All, sexual whatever, especially. <laughs> Actually, that's the perfect yeah. way to put it. Your sexual, sexual whatever. whatever. Your fucking business. <laughs> you know, as long as you're being safe and keeping the people that you are sexually whatevered with. Yeah. <laughs> safe, safe as, as well. well. <laughs> Absolutely. We support safe sexual whatever on Welcome to My Vagina podcast. <laughs> so when we talk about all this kind of stuff, one of the most common uh, STI that we learn about is HPV. And people are really afraid. Like I've had a couple of friends who have de- who have contracted HPV, um, who have been really nervous about informing their partners about it, mm-hmm. and um, have ultimately done it. But it's been a really, really big thing. There's, you know, there's a lot associated with that. Yeah, and um, yeah, let's think about the contrasting reactions of the infection, because the cause of cervical cancer and genital warts, as well as some vaginal vulvar vulvar, there's a lot of vulvs, oral vulvs. and anal cancer. Versus the diagnosis of Epstein-Barr virus, which is uh, essentially mono. Um, The viruses are very similar. They can persist for years. They can hibernate just like viruses do, and they can both reactivate or wake up. But even though they're the basic biological similarities between the two, um, it's HPV that is the virus transmitted by sex, genital contact, and oral sex, while EBV is close to contact kissing. And for some reason, they're treated terribly differently. Yeah. Um, Like even chlamydia, you treat... And, and most STIs with antibiotics, kind of like the common cold. So to me, like HPV and, and mono are the same exact thing. And we treat one with terrible stigma and one not. It's like with herpes, too, like genital herpes versus herpes on your genitals. Wait, did you just say genital herpes versus herpes on your genitals? Probably. <laughs> genital herpes versus herpes on your mouth. On your mouth. On your mouth. But yeah, I think it's weird the way that we treat the two. Yeah, I mean, because we have and we've talked about this so many times, we have this belief that specifically when it comes to 
women's genitalia, but men's genitalia as well, but more so women, that there's like a dirtiness associated with it. Yeah. And so therefore anything, anything associated with genitalia becomes dirty and horrible and unspeakable. Yeah. And yeah. it's, it doesn't have to be like, honestly, as we said before, with these rates, there shouldn't be this many STIs out there. And if people, if, if people weren't afraid to get tested yeah. and to take care of it. And people didn't feel like they were like spoiled. And dirty. Yeah. And, and for women, like we get that, like she's loose, she's dirty. Yeah. You know, I mean, think about our pop, like pop culture and everything like that. But it's really just misinformation and ignorance. It's the social stigma as yeah. all this shit is, but it's not based in science or medical facts. Like for the most part, doctors are like, just take this. It's like a Z pack. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Like why is the flu or the cold or like uh, strep throat any different from chlamydia? It's right. So like, for instance, like the stigma of HIV, one of the reasons we know that HIV became so epidemic is that for years and still after the infection came to light, it was publicized as, quote unquote, the gay disease. And that like homophobic tag is the result, um, result in a far a lot more people not getting tested and then passing it on. And it didn't have to have such an impact. Right. Which also played a negative part in how it was researched. Exactly. And how it was treated, because it people acted as though. Because it was because we because the society was so homophobic still is, but mm -hmm. more so they kind of acted like it wasn't important because it was only affecting this part of the population. Exactly. And that's trash. Everybody deserves to be treated equally and should have if there is a disease that is wasting people away at the rates that people were being killed, it should be researched like there should have been funded for so research. much money going into that. Yeah. And I mean, similar harm has been done with lots of groups in history, unmarried, mm -hmm. working class women, people of color. Mm -hmm. um, they were all stigmatized for sexually transmitted illnesses. Yeah. And which causes far more infections than anything. Yeah. <laughs> and, and one thing that I wanted to kind of add in here is that is how important it was. And it's and it's unfair that it's this way, but how important it was for famous people to step like. Magic Johnson coming out and yeah. saying that he had HIV had such a huge impact in research and availability of, of medicine mm -hmm. because he was a famous, you know, athlete who was respected and loved and all of this kind of stuff. And so then it all of a sudden became if it could happen to him, it could happen to anybody. And and this is a person and we done. value and it can't. Exactly. And then with Jonathan Van Ness coming out recently, mm -hmm. I mean, we're still seeing the same thing where it's important for and it shouldn't be, but like for him to come forward and say that he suffered, that he uh, was diagnosed with HIV, but he's fine. Like yeah. you can look at him online doing flips and ice skating. He just got a triple jump series, which I love to watch. Um, it It's not like it's not a death sentence and it doesn't make you any less valuable. But having people like him come forward yeah. makes it less scary for other people, I think. Yeah, it's it, it's like a s sort of social control thing because I feel like the way that we're taught sex or the kinds of sex or this it's it's like dependent on who you're having sex with right yeah you know like the certain like you have to have a certain kind of partner you have to have a certain kind of relationship there's like models set in place and like if you are like in the gay community that's why HIV was so stigmatized against it, it's a way of like social control into like the norm of what things are supposed to be. Yeah. And if we look at even the way that we that we uh, that the literature around um, sex happens. So we you know, you might have people who come out who uh, 
are you know openly gay but then you have people who are who describe themselves as men who have sex with men Mm -hmm. um and sometimes on the down low yeah and then are they are they all using um safety precautions Mm -hmm. and then when they come home to their if they're in a relationship with a woman let's say are they are they taking that person's help necessary yeah precautions and and are they educated properly to know to do that you know because like I mean, I went to a pretty damn good public school and my sex education was shit. Yeah. Ditto. What so, what sex education? Right. Exactly. So it's like, you know, it, it's this isn't like I don't want what I just said to come across like shaming in any way about people's lack of knowledge. Like the knowledge no, just that feels like a societal issue. Yeah. It's super problematic. And I, you know, we can't hold people accountable for the stuff they don't have access to. Mm-hmm. Um, we can't blame them for that kind of stuff. Right. So. Surprise, surprise. STI stigma is not new. (laughs) So I found this really awesome article by Elizabeth Brown of Vice. Um, So we'll put that in the episode notes. Mm -hmm. But so the Greeks, they derived the word herpes, for example, from the word herpean, H-E-R-P-E-I-N. I I don't know how to pronounce that. Sure. But it means to creep or to crawl. Creep or crawlers. Yeah. So like, that's horrible. And then syphilis comes from the word sus, S-U-S, meaning swine, and phylos, meaning love. So it translates as like, swine love so it's like of course people felt shitty about being infected with swine love you're calling us well pigs also got a bad rep come on yeah so pigs play in mud but they're pretty clean i love playing in mud who doesn't right the roman emperor tiberius Mm -hmm. uh he tried to stop herpes from spreading by banning public kissing and that if people got herpes anyways they would burn the sores by cauterizing them with hot oh my god yeah so then like you know then you've got big fucking scars all over yourself. So that's not fun. I'll take the herpes. Right? Same. Uh, and according to revelations in the Bible, people that were considered sexually immoral would end up with the murderers and those who didn't believe in God swimming in a hot lake of hellfire. Wow. So that's the thing. Yeah, that's a lot of hellfire out. in the Bible. A lot of um, hellfire for people who like pleasure. Yeah. Who like their sexual whatever. <laughs> uh, in medieval times, in, back in 1495... Uh, there was a huge outbreak of syphilis in Europe, which ended up killing 5 million people. That's a lot of people. That's a lot of people. That's a ton of people. Uh, people who survived the plague ended up turning it into a blame game. So like the Italians called it a French disease. The French called it an Italian disease. The Russians called it the Polish disease. And the Arabs called it the Christian disease. So like everybody was basically picking who was like their nemesis and blaming it on them, even though like it affected everyone the same. This is why I'm agnostic. Right. <laughs> so this story is fucking nuts so in the 18th century there was this woman flora price so she was uh, an impoverished woman who in 1728 applied to her local church in london for some help um and she appeared at the church and she had self-identified as having the pox which was a common term for stis before people could tell the difference between syphilis and gonorrhea instead of being sent to a hospital as should have been done she was sent to a workhouse so she was basically just put to work because she had an sti um Jesus. yeah and she was given mercury treatment no yeah so during this time as is you know things not to put is, in your vagina right mercury surprisingly not surprisingly men were given more sympathy than women when they presented with different diseases oh big surprise yeah but also people of means were able to seek treatment discreetly whereas the poor were not and their diagnosis became a label that they were forced to wear i mean that's like the same thing as now and then so like And then if we look at kind of just like class structure and stuff like that, 
uh, part of the part of where STI stigma originated was that diseases of all kinds were closely associated with poverty. So yeah. impoverished folks had to endure their treatment publicly, whereas the rich were able to do it privately and therefore feed into the ideas that wealth is equated with purity. Yeah. Yeah. It's to marginalize fucking women, people of color, LGBTQ and poor people, which all of those people tend to be because of how we are placed in the hierarchy. Yeah. Um, and then luckily in the 20th century, that was when penicillin came around, which was discovered by Alexander Fleming in 1928. And it was used to treat different kinds of bacterial infections, such as gonorrhea, chlamydia, and syphilis. But we took a pretty big step backwards during World War II when uh, soldiers fighting abroad were warned to avoid booby traps. Yeah. <laughs> boobs yeah i found some really fun posters that i'll put up on instagram <laughs> so like that belief was basically that women were spreading these diseases all by themselves and that pure men needed to avoid the temptation of the dirty whores of europe so dirty whores the dirty whores the whores the whores of europe who were <laughs> who were just spreading spreading their legs and their diseases to the pure uh fighting boys of the gold, good us of a oh my god you know Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Propaganda, man. It's a motherfucker. It also just, like, forces you, again, like, to, ha like, have type the perfect kinds of sex that, like, superior people have because they have different beliefs in what sex should be. Right. Yeah. And, you know, this, like, insulation by by the wealthy, which again is why it's so important and not that it should fall on their shoulders, but why it makes such a huge impact when celebrities come forward and talk about things that they're suffering with yeah. because, you know, money is supposed to insulate you from everything. Yeah. Right. It shouldn't be on their shoulders, but I mean, right. I think we all know what, how much that actually matters. Like seeing a woman be a superhero yeah. was very important to me not only for me but to watch all the young girls in that you know, which is a super like silly like well not really it's not silly no, it's but not it's a smaller silly. thing but yeah all of those things are super important so to see more people because like celebrity is such a high tier in our society yeah like, we look up to these people to have somebody be like i have hiv and look i'm fine yeah i can still be successful i can still be well loved yeah we can be a lot of things at once and yeah. the more information that we have uh the better we can you know take care of things earlier before they become a bigger problem yeah should be so. treated the same as influenza yeah influenza the fluenza all right let's do let's do a quick like rundown on like what stis and stds are <laughs> okay so we talked about hpv hpv infections are Super common. I think they're actually the most common. HPV is spread by skin-to-skin -skin contact and usually during vaginal, anal, or oral sex. There are 100 types of HPV. I didn't know that. I did not know that. That's a lot. And 40 of them can infect the genital area. HPV uh, causes sometimes causes genital warts. That's the low-risk one. Sometimes you can just burn that baby off. But don't cauterize it with a hot don't iron. Don't fucking cauterize it. And go to a doctor. An OBGYN. Yeah, go to a doctor. Um, it's better. Yeah, they usually like freeze it off. Mm -hmm. And then, um, but the most dangerous types of HPV have no symptoms. So it's important to go get your pap smears mm -hmm. because those are high risk and can lead to cancer. There's also an HPV vaccine. Yeah. Which is, <laughs> uh, I think, for women 25 and under, right? I think so, yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. So, because I'm an old... Uh, they weren't they weren't really readily it's available it's only 20, on 25 and under yeah i don't know like I don't, i've never heard of a vaccine that stops yeah. over time yeah i don't know but yeah they uh yeah hpv vaccine i don't know i'm not a doctor not a doctor um 
Chlamydia, not the clap. Oh. Gonorrhea is the clap. Oh. Yeah, so cl- chlamydia is the most common sexually transmitted bacterial infection in America, but 70-95% of women and 90% of men have no symptoms. Again, go get checked it. Yeah, get checked it. <laughs> I mean, I guess, so some symptoms are you can have yellow vaginal discharge, bleeding after vaginal intercourse, and itching and bleeding of the anus. Oh my God. That sounds terrible. Woof. Yeah. That does sound terrible. Anal, <laughs> for the love of God and all things holy, my <laughs> anus is bleeding! <laughs> I love it. If you do have symptoms, they usually show like five to 10 days after infection. I never know how to say this one. Trichomoniasis. I think that's right. Trick. Trich. Trick. 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 Symptoms. Again, usually none. See? Gotta go get tested. Sometimes itching, swelling, unpleasant smelling discharge that is yellow or green in color. It's painful urination. Yeah. So trichomoniasis. Say this word. Trichomoniasis. Thank you. (laughs) Um, is caused by a parasite called Trichomonas vaginalis. What an ass. Yeah. Um, gonorrhea is similar to trichomoniasis. <laughs> Sometimes painful urination, increased vaginal discharge, bleeding between periods. It's a bacterial infection, sometimes referred to as the clap or the drip. So there are a mess of stories about why this is called the clap. Uh, so um, legend has it that people back in the day believed that clapping their hands hard on both sides of the penis could forcefully expel the pus and cure the infections. Sometimes this clapping was done by smashing the penis between two hard objects. According to the Women's Health Foundation, uh, two boat paddles could be used. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Yeah, don't do that. Ineffective. Wow. Don't do it. I don't often feel bad for men. Yeah. But right now I really do. Yeah. Oh my God. So I'm reading this thing and uh, he's talking about how there was another antiquated treatment for a type of skin bump called a ganglion cyst, um, which, you know, is not that big of a deal. But some people believe that hitting the cyst really hard with a Bible would magically cure the condition. Yeah. That, well, that one checks out. Bible cyst. That one makes sense. God fixes everything. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> another theory holds that the the clap is from the French word cla- clapier. Clapier. Uh, which is an old term for brothel. Oh. Um, yep. Or the old English word clap in, which means to beat or to throb. So those are some of the reasons why it was called the clap. Wow. Thank you to uh, Greg Sowers. Jesus. Who told us all of that. Woof. Yeah. Um, you can also, if a pregnant woman can, uh, with gonorrhea, can give the infection to her baby during childbirth. Mm-hmm. Another reason to get tested. Yeah. Hepatitis B. That's a scary one that can yeah, be transmitted through uh, through sex. It can also be transferred from a pregnant woman to yeah. uh, her child. The HEPs are no joke. Yeah, yeah. I'm it's an infection. The, the H H uh, hepatitis B is an infection of the liver caused by a virus. Yeah. All right. Crabs. Crabs. Pubic lice are small parasites that feed on human blood, like vampires. Also real. They can be sexually transmitted even if there is no penetration or bodily fluid. Just kidding. Vampires aren't real. Exchanged or even if a condom is worn. They can live 24 hours off a human host, making it possible to get crabs from infested bedding or clothing. No. Animals do not get crabs. Oh. But we're animals. Why do we get them? Maybe animals are... Maybe mammals are... Okay. (laughs) It's like... right. Just when you think nothing can be worse than bed bugs, you learn that there's like... Crab uh, bed bugs. Well, these sound like genital bed bugs. Yeah, they're genital bed bugs. That's, I don't, I just like the this idea of the them only living thing in that your... really makes me be like, Bleh, uh, yeah, because it's bugs. They're easy to treat. They are but easy like, to treat. But like, I don't want that shit living in my bed. Well, we are also, to be fair to bugs, 
a little unfair to bugs sometimes. We are unfair to bugs. We have a, we have bugs crawling all over our bodies at all, all times. the time. Yeah. yeah, like we have yeah. eyebrow bugs. We yeah. have eyelash bugs. Bugs, bugs are keep our this friends, shit together. Usually. Technically, I feel like we're just knitted together by bugs. By bugs. Yeah, I'm just so. a giant. They got a bad rap. Bugs. I bet that there is like a control panel in our heads, and there's just a bug in there. Yeah. So we're just a giant bug. We're just a giant bug. Here, I'm going to quickly run through the rest of these just by saying what you could possibly get. Okay, and then after that, we're going to actually talk about bugs. Yeah, and then we're going to talk about fucking bugs. Um, things you can get. Oral herpes, which, by the way, oral herpes can be transferred to genital herpes. Yeah. I was, I, I went out, I was hooking up with a dude and he was like, he asked me to go down on him. And this is a long time ago, <laughs> but uh -huh. he asked me to go down on him. And I was like, I can't, I have a cold sore. And he was like, oh, that doesn't matter. And I was like, <laughs> I like pulled myself up and sat down and was like, excuse me. And he was like, yeah, it doesn't transfer. And I was like, yes, it does. Or yes, it can. Yeah. And now I'm really concerned Where about doing anything with you. Mm -hmm. If this you don't not, know that. This is the not the good kind of whatever sex. Yeah. That's bad, whatever. Yeah, sex. it was it was over. <laughs> You're like, and good night. And we're done here. <laughs> okay, quickly. So I don't know what this is. Molluscum contagiosum. Mm. Uh, Sounds like snails. It's lesions known oh. as mollusca. It's but an infection of the snail. Caused by yes. <laughs> caused by the pox virus. See? It's just like the pox. It's always pox. It can also be non-sexual contact. Anyway, we did pubic lice, scabies, syphilis. Genital herpes. Ew, Trump was the next thing. Donald Trump was Don't the next thing. Don't contract Trump. Don't contract Don't Trump. Don't contract Trump. Anyway, that was Sex Education 101. <laughs> um, ba -da -ba. Now and we're going to talk about bugs. bugs. Oh. My anus is bleeding. Bugs, 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 bugs. Well done. That was great. Yeah, that was good. Oh my god, we're so talented. Yeah, we are. Okay, okay. An ant-eating assassin bug piles its victims onto its body to scare predators. That's that's crazy. Did you know that fruit flies were the first living creatures to be sent into space? Fruit flies. They'd have to come back really fast. So I don't think fruit flies live very long. I don't think they came back, Rebecca. I'm so sorry to let you know. <laughs> R.I.P. Fruit flies. <laughs> Space fruit um, flies. Large groups of fireflies sometimes flash in unison. That must be so pretty. That's so nice. One dung beetle can drag 1,141 times its weight. That's like a human pulling six double-decker buses. I love dung beetles. I know. You insisted on reading that one. I love dung beetles. <laughs> it's a beetle all about poop. <laughs> Love they it. have hobbies. They do. Oh, and and pa it's, or passions. Yeah, it's passion a passion project. Um, <laughs> passion poop. Oh, a passion poop jacked. <laughs> <laughs> to breathe underwater, the water scorpion uses a snorkel-like tube on its abdomen. I thought that was cool. That is really cool. Bulldog ants can leap seven times the length of their bodies. So, butterflies taste with their feet. Wow, better than the me. 
which is weird. That is weird. I wouldn't want to do that. I hear butterflies are disgusting. Oh, Have really? you listened to ologies? There's like a whole episode about how gross they actually are. Really? Which is funny because they're so pretty, but they're so nasty. Beautiful. Also, mosquitoes are attracted to smelly feet. Really? Yeah. Wow. So butterflies taste with their feet and mosquitoes are attracted to smelly feet. So uh, if you don't want to get bit by mosquitoes, just wash your feet more. Yeah. Male giraffe weevils use their long necks to fight each other. I uh, love giraffes and I also love the word weevil. So Weevil's pretty fucking cute. So fun of a weevil. Uh, and grasshoppers existed before dinosaurs. Yes! <laughs> Maybe they just So grasshoppers are, are essentially dinosaurs. Dinosaurs live among us. I just us. blew out the mic. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get excited about dinosaurs at all. Thanks for listening to Welcome to My Vagina. It's time for us to slide on out of here. <laughs> you can find us on Instagram at Welcome to My Vagina. On Twitter at Welcome to My Vag. Soon to be on Medium. You can donate to us at Patreon, LiberaPay, PayPal, and uh, Venmo at Welcome to My Vagina. Yeah, become a monthly subscriber. Yeah, yeah, go to WelcomeToMyVagina.com and become a subscriber to our newsletter as mm-hmm. well. You can email us at welcome to my vagina at gmail.com. We like questions and fan art and jingles and suggestions for future episodes. True. Check out Jesse's awesome videos at on YouTube. Just search for Welcome to My Vagina. Check out Rebecca's awesome writing at franklyrebecca.com. And head on over to morebanana.com to check out all of the awesome projects by our production company. Yeah. And thanks, Kate. Thanks, Kate, for being our amazing, dope-ass fucking producer. (laughs) Cool.